right now, God, I pray for those in the room, um, the people that, uh, man, that probably don't even understand that you set this appointment today. That, God, that you have them here for a reason. There's people that, that don't know you, that maybe, maybe have heard of you, and they don't think badly of you, but they, they don't put their faith in you, God. And I pray for them in their hearts, God. I pray for those who are hurt. I pray for those who are bitter. I pray for those who are broken. I pray for those who, who need you, Father. And they don't even know they need you. Lord, I pray you make yourself so evident to them today. We thank you and we praise you. We praise you that this is truth. That you died, but you didn't stay there. And that you were resurrected, God, and that you were in the process of, of giving us life, Lord, and, and turning us into what we're supposed to be. And that we have your promise that you'll come back to get us. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Help me, Lord, uh, to preach and speak your word and only your word and I wouldn't get in the way. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you guys. Um, but two things. I'm a mess. Like, I'm a mess. <clears throat> now, I think some of you out there probably are like me, and it's easy for you to say that. It's easy for you to say, I'm a mess. And then there's others in the room that you, you're kind of going, yeah, man, it must be tough being a mess, right? Because the truth is, you, th you think it and know it too, right? But we hide. We kind of hide. Because if we really sat and thought about how much of a mess we are, we probably wouldn't even want to stand up or get up in the morning. I'm a mess. You know, it, I, every single thing a Christian shouldn't do, I have done. <laughs> well, I haven't murdered anyone, but you get the point. <clears throat> I act in ways that don't make sense to me. I've done things that make me feel ashamed. I do things that make me feel ashamed. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel good enough to preach sometimes, a lot of times. Sometimes I sing those songs, right? Maybe, maybe you relate to this, and, and, and it's awesome, and it's beautiful, and I believe it, but sometimes it's hard to believe for myself, you know? I am such a mess. I hurt people. I don't trust, you know? I get angry, <laughs> I'm grumpy, bitter maybe a little. And that leads me, if I really can break out of this, this the day-to-day, -day, right, that grind, that thing that, that, I don't know about you, but do you ever sit around and you go, how did I get to the end of the day? No matter how much you distract yourself, right, you can distract, I believe everyone has those moments where they go, man. What, what am I doing? But then we get right back in it, right? It's like a, it's like a white water, whatever those are called, <laughs> river, right? I go, I'm kind of swept along, and maybe I'll grab a rock for a second to go, and then I let go. Because when I let go, at least I'm distracted from the reality that I kind of think about when I'm on the rock. So that leads me to a question a lot of times. And I mean this. This isn't just talk. Because I'm, I'm told, man, he, he died on the cross right, for me, for you. So what kept him on the cross? 
He could have left any time. Remember that section before when Peter chops the ear off, right? And, and Jesus says to him, don't you understand? I could call a legion of angels right now. He could have. Do you think that stopped when he was on the cross? What's interesting to me is like he's fully God and fully man. So that tells me when he's on the cross that he had a moment where he thought to himself, I don't have to do this. I can stop this right now. I'm not even talking about what put him there. I believe that. He, he goes up there. What kept him on the cross? What made him stay until it was finished? He could have left any time. He could have called angels down to wipe away his enemies. He could have just left, vanished. He could have. He could have just left. He could have called angels to wipe away his enemies. He could have just left. He could have left that murderous, hateful, treacherous crowd to what they deserved. He could have given them, and here's the thing, us. But make no mistake, we put him on the cross. But we're not what kept him there. Stay with me. We didn't force him to stay. He could have given them and us what we wanted. And here's the thing, what you and I still want so many times. That, that messed up part of me still wants. What is that? My way. He could have left us. To live with the consequences of those wants. Because when I live life my way, there's bad consequences. I hurt people. I become those things I don't want to be, right? You ever feel that way? He didn't have to die. Skip what put him there. Put it, be there for a moment that he's on the cross. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to endure it all. Okay, now let's go back. He didn't have to be slapped by the Sanhedrin. Who were those? The religious leaders of his own people. He didn't have to be, he didn't have to put up with being abandoned by his friends. The people that he slept with, picked, served, healed with, saw him do miracles. He didn't have to endure it. He didn't have to put up with that. He didn't have to be flogged and beaten with whips that had shards of glass and metal in it that tore his flesh. He, he didn't have to be beaten until his face was bruised and battered. He probably wouldn't even recognize him until bones were broken, until he could barely stand from pain and blood loss. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to take the indignity of being spit on. The king of kings, of being mocked with the color of royalty, of being having a crown of thorns forced on his head to mock him. We often think of it as the pain of a crown of thorns. It was way worse than that. It was the mockery. Oh, you're the king? He didn't have to carry a 200-pound cross when he could barely carry himself. He didn't have to take the nails through his wrists and his feet. He didn't have to be thirsty. And be offered vinegar. He didn't have to suffocate under his own weight, scrambling to keep himself up so he could breathe. You understand, right? He suffocated on that cross. He didn't have to be alone on the cross between two criminals and with another sign mocking his authority. Here's the king of the Jews. If you're the king, if you're the Messiah, take yourself down. <laughs> Remember the criminal said that? Don't take yourself down. All of them did. Oh, yeah, you're the Messiah. Come down. Here's the thing. He could have. 
He didn't have to feel so alone that he cried out asking why the Father had abandoned him. He didn't have to stay on that cross. He didn't have to die on that cross. So here's the question. So what kept him on the cross all the way until the end? Was it your religion? Did your religion keep him there? Was it your money? Was it your secrets? Right, as long as no one knows. Was it your mask? What's the mask? You know what it is. I don't even have to tell you. Whatever that thing is that you put out to the world so they don't see what you really think of yourself. Was it the face you show to the crowd, to your family and your friends? Was it your self-righteousness? Was it your shame? Did your shame, did you feeling bad enough keep them on that cross? Was it the things you're too cool to admit? Was it your title? Was it the fact that you're more mature than everyone else around you? In the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. If I can find people worse than me, I'm not that bad. By the way, I'm your guy. You can find me in those moments. I'm... Was it your self-delusion? That subtle lie that happens over time that you don't need him anymore? Was it your education? Was it your church? Was it all your good deeds that you've done? Was it the respect you've gained from the people around you? Was your condemnation of the sin of others? Was it your success? No. You know that too, right? It wouldn't be enough. wouldn't be enough to keep me there for you. And I'll tell you why. And the clue is found in the verse they read. And what he says to the Father as he's hanging from the cross while people play games at his feet for his clothing. Laughing. Luke 23, 34, right? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. The only thing that could drive a man to forgive the people who hung him on the cross while they mocked him, the only thing that would keep him on the cross, love kept him on that cross. Now, you're a long-term Christian. We have the tendency to think we, we deserve it and we're owed his love. You're not, and we weren't. That's the miracle of it. Because here's the thing, love kept him on that cross, but not the love of the mask, not the love of your religion or your education or your money or your status or, your, or whatever else it is you, you've clung to in this world so that people look at you and say you're worth it. No, he lo- his love was for the real you, the flawed you, the doubting you, the addicted you, the ashamed you, the broken you, the lying you. The hiding you, the sinful you, the guilty you. His love for that you kept him on the cross. 
not your masks, not mine, not the image that your fear and your insecurity drive you to create, even the one that right now makes you not want to listen because you know I'm not really worthy to say this to you right. Not even that will save you. Not even that is what, that version of you is what kept him there. His love for you, not the image of your fear and insecurity drive you to create that sometimes we even forget is a mask. No, those don't fool him. Here's the thing. They didn't fool him then, and they don't fool him now. His love for you in all of that, your brokenness in mine, in my messiness, kept him on the cross. His love for you, your flaws, your sins, all of it. He can't hide. He wasn't fooled. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's hard to believe. He might die for that religious you. He might have stayed on that cross for that, that masked you, the successful you, the good you. He might have done that, right? But not the real you. Not the real time. But that's the miracle. Is that he did. His love kept him on the cross, and his love put him in a tomb. But his power took him out. All right, Luke 24, 4 and 6. While they were wondering about, suddenly two men in clothes gleamed like lightning stood above them. But the man said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. His love kept him on the cross. His power resurrected him from the dead. Why does that matter? Because his love caused him to die on the cross, to finish it. Why? So that his power that's shown in his resurrection, you ready, can resurrect you and me. And that's why that song's powerful. What do you mean resurrecting me? That's symbolism. We're not done. Todd, the mess, he didn't see, he doesn't see my mess. He sees who I'm going to be. He sees Todd without the insecurities and the fears, without the mistrust and, the, and without the, the lack of faith. He sees his son just like he sees you. I bet some of you feel the same way. And so we, it's exhausting to try to keep up that, to, to keep up being good enough to be worth it. Your, worth, your worthiness didn't keep him there. His love did. His love gave us a promise too. Matthew 28, Great Commission at the very end, this beautiful promise. His love causes promise, not and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's still resurrected. He still lives. 
And he gave a promise that he is with you always to the end of the age. You mean right now in my messiness? Right now in my broken marriage? Right now in my addiction? Right now in my sin? Right now? Yes. Right now he's with you. If. If. You give up. Right? Control. If you're willing to come to the foot of the cross... You don't have to understand it all. If you're willing to come to that and say, I believe. I believe your love drove you here, and I believe your power brought you back. I believe you are exactly who you said you were. She's going to come play some music. In this time, I want you to think about this. A couple of things. There's two groups of people here. There's those of you in your room that you've put your faith in them and you're like me. And, and a lot of times it, you get so focused on cleaning up your mess that you can kind of forget the love. I guess there's three because I thought of another. There's some of you that have gotten so arrogant in your self-righteousness. You started to believe that, that you earned what he gave you. And how dare we not see it. Those of you that are hiding because of the mess, that are exhausted from the game, you're going to have an opportunity this time, this altar. This is an altar. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. That's not a, that's not a joke. If you believe part of it, you've got to believe all of it. He said, when we come together, we make the temple. He's here. <gasps> that's weird. He's here. Right now. So many times, man, the voices, right, they get in the way of all that. Voices of self-hatred, the voices of other people's hatred, the voices of our anger and our bitterness. You're going to get an opportunity to just come as you are and say thank you. Thank you. That's all you have to say. You don't have to beg. You don't have to ask over and over again for him to love you. He already did. He already does. Drop the mask, the facade, the illusion. He did, right? He sees you. He loves you right now. It didn't stop. Oh, I remembered when I accepted Christ. He loved me then. He loves you now. He loves you more. You're not alone. I know it feels like you are. I know because I feel that way sometimes. You're not. And he's going to finish what he started that good work in you that change I'm less of a mess today than I was 10 years ago not by much <laughs> but I'm going to hold on to that and I know he's proud of that and he's proud of you if you put your faith in him and if you're the self-righteous one how about you come to the altar and you say I'm done are you the disobedient one you get to pick and choose just lay it down stop Remember who you really are without him, not who you think you are without him. 
all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's people who are going to be up here praying. If you're not used to that, it's going to feel weird, right? If you're used to that prepackaged, I don't know, I shouldn't say that, but if you're, it's going to feel weird. There's people here to pray for you. There's power in that. The altar's here. You can sit, you can sit at your chair. Who cares what the people around you think? Eternity's a long time. Those Christians in the room, just come as you are, right? Come as you are. It's not just the first time. It's all the time. Breathe and rest and praise our resurrected king who's resurrecting me and you. And if you're in the room and you don't know him, listen, I got one chance. And I don't have good enough words to, to talk you into this. So the best thing I'm going to tell you is this. You know something's wrong. You know how much you get, how much success and money and sex and drugs and all those things you chase. You know, as well as I do, that it doesn't fix the emptiness, the brokenness, the bitterness. You know it. Listen to me. I promise you, I don't get cookies for telling you this. This is the truth. I was you. I was old enough to remember this. I was 17 years old, and it was a little while before I got it, but 17 when I made this choice. So I remember what it felt like. That voice, there's part of you saying, this is real, man. Something's going on. And then there's the one that goes, nah. That's scared. I said earlier, eternity's a long time. Here's the thing. If you don't accept his love, if you don't accept what he offers on the cross, what he offers through his resurrection, if you don't accept that, he will give you what you want. But remember what I said, you have to deal with the consequences of that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says we're storing up wrath for ourselves because then we have to deal with the fact that we put him there. You're guilty. You might be a really good person. In fact, you're probably a better person than me. But at the end of the day, it's not good enough. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of, of running from thing to thing to try to feel alive just for a minute, right? I've done it. I do it. Aren't you exhausted? You've tried your way for a long time. You've probably tried Oprah's way, right? You've probably tried everybody's way but Jesus. It's all, you know, he, he gave an example, an analogy. He said it's just, it's broken cups. You're trying to drink out of broken cups, Water's leaking out. You're not getting enough. you got to come to living water, something that's never going to end. That's your opportunity, and it's simple. God created everything perfect, and he made us to live in it, and he said there's really one rule. Don't believe all the hype. There's one rule, and the rule is I'm God and you're not. I'll tell you what right and wrong is, and we said, nah, I'd rather do it my way. Now, here's the thing, Christians, in the long term, you, you still rebel because you still don't want to do it his way in the little ways. But, hey, you're better than the person that's not accepting him. Mm. We have to reverse that decision. It's very simple. You have to believe him, believe in his love and believe in his power. The Bible says very clearly, I don't care what the world has told you about getting everything fixed first. They lied to you. Okay, he came to a murderer and changed his life. He came to him. That's, that's what, who Paul is, a murderer. And he came and saved him in that instance. The Bible says in the midst of our sins, he comes to us, right? He offers us that. So how do we get it? It's very simple and yet weirdly not. 
The Bible says in Romans that you have to confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead. And if you do, you will be saved. Period. Saved from what? From the wrath. From the guilt. But something else beautiful happens. From the emptiness and the brokenness and the loneliness. From the desire, from that that hole that you can't fill. These people are here waiting to pray with you. Why do I need them? That's just the voice. Because you don't know what you're doing. Listen to me. Eternity is a long time and life is this. It's this long. In the midst of eternity. Lay it down. Come to him as you are. Make today the day you are reborn. Whatever you do, don't leave the same as you came in. Hear me, hear me. Anybody, do not leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to do that. Worthy is thy lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. i
awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. Jesus, your name is power, breath in living water, such a marvelous mystery.
pray with me, please? Father, I thank you so, so much um, for, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. And what we're about to do, we do in remembrance of you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. We're going to give you guys an opportunity to take communion. So what is communion? Well, the Bible says that when he's talking to uh, us, his disciples, he said, this bread is my body and this, this wine, or juice in this case, is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, this is a powerful thing. Um, this is a holy thing. I would ask if you don't, haven't put your faith in Jesus, there's a pretty stern warning to not take communion if you don't know God. And I encourage you to take that seriously. Do not take this if you don't know him, um, but otherwise, uh, this time is yours. Let's take the next few minutes and remember uh, what he did for us on the cross.
pray with me, please? Father, thank you that you allowed yourself to be broken so that we didn't have to stay that way. Um, I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room would walk out of here with just a, I don't know, a small assurance, wherever they're at on their